PFF NFL Daily today discussing team needs, the biggest ones coming out of free agency because, look, some teams you just can't fill every single need during free agency, even though that should be the goal. So as we look forward to the draft, plus some second, third, fourth wave of free agency here, we got some big needs for some various teams. So, Sam, what uh, what sticks out to you across the NFL as far as big needs that still need to be filled? Obviously, you've got a few teams that are still in need of a quarterback, um, a couple of which I would imagine are going to try and do it through the draft. Carolina, Seattle are the two obvious ones, both of whom pick inside the top 10 now. So those might be the two teams that are going to go for those early quarterbacks. Pittsburgh, I guess, still need a quarterback. I don't know whether they're going to be doing the same thing. I guess you could make the argument that, you know, New Orleans or whatever and, and Washington still need quarterbacks, even though they actually secured somebody in the course of free agency. But that is the first and obviously the most important position. Going down from there, there's a bunch of teams that still need, like, not just a wide receiver, but, like, their wide receiver one. You know, their their primary guy, the most important receiver, half of whom just traded away theirs, right? Green Bay traded away Devontae Adams. Kansas City traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, Indianapolis could still really use that wide receiver one. Detroit still haven't really secured that guy. They've got a couple of useful pieces to the puzzle now, but still haven't really got that elite number one guy. I think that's probably my next uh, port of call is that wide receiver one group. Uh, Let's start with that quarterback discussion that you had, because you mentioned, yeah, the Seahawks and the Panthers uh, and the Falcons, really, as far as knowing who their long-term answer is. So, yeah, they're all picking in the top 10. They could answer it there. I like how you mentioned, though, Washington, who still, you know, doesn't necessarily have their guy for the future beyond Carson Wentz or New Orleans because they just signed Jameis Winston with either of those teams. Like if you have Jameis Winston or Carson Wentz as your quarterback, you kind of have to plow all your resources into building around them. But how forward looking do they want to be? Right. And you mentioned Pittsburgh, too. Uh, If people have followed my mock drafts over the last three years. Uh, because I'm not really picking for the teams. I've picked first-round quarterbacks for the Steelers in the past with like a forward-looking approach saying, hey, Big Ben's not going to be here forever. Would a team like the Saints uh, or Washington, you know, would they look forward and get that quarterback? Or do they feel like, hey, you know, if we're going to maximize Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston, we have to, you know, get receivers and offensive linemen or whatever it might be. So could be interesting, but also you never want to be in that transition period where you just, don't have somebody and uh, it's always good to take shots at quarterback I would say Washington probably not just because we've seen what's happened when you bring in a guy behind Carson Wentz it tends to (laughs) don't hurt his feelings unspool rapidly and the whole thing falls apart so I doubt Washington would do that but New Orleans like if the quarterback that they like is sitting there at number 18 or wherever they pick um they'd be crazy to turn him down because they got Jameis Winston on board like that that doesn't make any sense similar with Pittsburgh like if they Somebody they love falls to them in the draft. I mean, is Trubisky and Rudolph going to keep you from drafting that guy? He shouldn't. So I think those two teams could be in the market, but wouldn't necessarily go doing anything crazy to secure the quarterback because they've got a little bit of breathing room with the guys they've signed. Let's go to those receivers, the receiver needy teams that you mentioned. With Green Bay trading Devontae Adams and with Kansas City trading Tyree Kill, with those two teams in particular – they were a little top heavy, right? I mean, if we if we've had criticisms of either of those offenses over the last couple of years with Green Bay, it's like, all right, you know, Alan Lazard's a nice piece, and Aaron Rodgers has helped make guys like Bob Tunyon at tight end or whatever it might be that bring back Randall Cobb. But there were games where teams took out Devontae Adams, like in the playoffs, and 
the Packers didn't really have answers, and we always thought, well, just get them some help. Chiefs, same thing. When you take away Tyreek Hill and take away Travis Kelsey, which is very difficult, who's the third option was always our question. Well, both of those teams decided, forget getting the next option. We're going to get rid of our best option. So are they strategically trying to just say, look, it's all about spreading the wealth. We can't put, obviously they decided we can't put all this money into one guy. That's what I'm intrigued by. Are they looking for wide receiver one or are they looking for wide receivers one through three to just spread the wealth a little bit in each offense? Well, the Chiefs at least still have Travis Kelsey, who's, you know, an elite number one receiving option in any offense, just happens to play tight end. They also ended up grabbing Marquez Valdez-Scantling after they traded away Tyreek Hill. So they've at least, you know, made moves and, and have got some pieces still there. Green Bay... Like, they don't have anything. They traded away Devontae Adams, who was by far and away the number one option on that roster. They lost Valdez-Scantling to Kansas City. Okay, they brought back, um, they tender Alan Lazard. They bring back Robert Tunyon. But that's it. Like, that's that's not good enough. I mean, <clears throat> we were talking about how Lazard might not be good enough to be the viable number two option when you have Devontae Adams taking all the attention away. Now, you don't have that. So he's certainly not good enough to be the number one, the guy carrying that offense. Just Green Bay desperately needs to add some kind of receiving threat to that offense. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the Colts in there as well, because, yes, you know, you've got Michael Pittman who broke out last year. But uh, I thought that the Colts could have done a better job at receiver for Carson Wentz. You're probably going to have to do that same thing for Matt Ryan as he gets into his late 30s, really want to maximize his ability after trading for him. A couple of the teams that came to mind, just some one offs, fewer trends here. The Bucks need a left guard, right? You had Ali Marpet. He retires. Uh, it sounds like they're not going to be able to talk him out of retirement. They traded for Shaq Mason to fill the one guard spot. The Bucks, as of right now, look like the number 27 overall pick might have to be used on a guard, much like they did a couple of years ago to get Tristan Wirfs as their starting right tackle, going in with a need that has to be filled in the first round. Uh, bringing up the Chiefs again, too. I think at cornerback, look, they, they're in much better position to draft, but their corners, Rashad Fenton right now, or DeAndre Baker as a uh, reclamation project, the former first rounder. Those guys are slated to start on the outside. If, you know, if the season started today, which is not. Uh, we have Legarius Need playing in the slot, so cornerback uh, still needs to be filled for the Chiefs. Other teams that have made moves, right, in that powerful AFC that have holes: the Cleveland Browns at edge. Who's the guy opposite Miles Garrett? They traded for Chase Winovich, but is he going to be their every down guy? And then the Chargers at right tackle after last year, you know, turning that offensive line around. Right now, right tackle is a hole that needs to be addressed at some point here in the offseason. Yeah, there's a few teams that still have like a specific offensive line spot that they need a starter in. And, the, and probably the first round is where they're going to try and do that. Um, we talked about the Colts needing a wide receiver one. They also need a left tackle. Like They didn't re-sign Eric Fisher after bringing him in last season, fresh off the um, the injury in the, the ASC title game. So now they have nobody at left tackle. And that... Again, with Matt Ryan on board, that's as important as it's ever been for them. They've had one of the best offensive lines in the NFL over the last sort of several years. They need to keep that intact. They need to figure out who their starting left tackle is going to be and make that move. Uh, the New York Giants tinkered away at the offensive line a little bit, but they could still use another couple of bodies realistically on that offensive line. Um, and they're in position to get them with the two picks in the top 10 of the draft. I would imagine at least one of those is going to be used on an offensive lineman. Minnesota Vikings basically don't have a cornerback, like any of them, none of them. Like their cornerback depth chart, I think there's technically like five guys signed to the roster right now, but I don't know if you want any of them seeing game time. Like Cameron Dantzler is the one guy 
that has shown at least some kind of promise of positive play in his career. But the previous coaching staff like went off him at least twice in the space of like two years. So Minnesota needs corners of every description added to that roster. That's what's interesting about these discussions, because I think we're viewing it from the lens of, well, they don't have an established guy, therefore they must want to get somebody. But every year there are teams, uh, uh, Cameron Dantzler might be an example of that. There are teams that just want to believe in the next guy, the next man up. Um, the, the Los Angeles Rams, you know, the defending Super Bowl champs, they're a good example of that, too. They lost Darius Williams on the outside. Second straight year now, they've lost a starting cornerback. It was Troy Hill going into last year. This year, it's Darius Williams. They have Robert Rochelle, mid-round pick last year, who was more of a developmental option. They have David Long on the roster. And the Rams have done a nice job just replacing starters. John Johnson was another safety that they replaced last year. Uh, And they've got Jordan Fuller at safety just to be able to replace him or Taylor Rapp. They've done a nice job replacing, you know, their their starting caliber players. But do the Rams look at that cornerback spot opposite Jalen Ramsey? Um, And and it's really two spots. It's Rochelle and Long, you know, at outside corner and in the slot. Do they feel like that's a major need going into the draft where, of course, the Rams don't have draft picks until – uh, late in day two. So uh, once again, we, we're we're assuming each team wants to fill these spots either in late free agency or directly in the draft, but they might have a next man up that they that they truly believe in. And the Rams in particular might really believe in Rochelle as a very talented corner. Yeah, I mean, the Rams have been a team that's taken that approach for a while now and kind of have to with the way that they've structured this whole team building exercise. The the strategy of stars and scrubs, the loading all the resources into five guys in the roster, it means a lot of times when these younger guys, when the contract comes up and they got to re-up them, like they're not going to pay a Darius Williams 10 plus million dollars a year because they can't, right? They've got all the money locked up in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford and the quote unquote important guys on the roster. They're just not going to burn that money on number two. So whether it's they have confidence in the guys coming up behind them or simply They have to turn to those guys because they need a certain number of starters that are not earning a ton of money. They're going to go next man up and see how it works out. The Rams just put a little extra pressure on that scouting department. They have to get those starters on day two and day three. Let us know. What do you think are the biggest remaining needs around the NFL? It's the PFF NFL Daily. 